the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 34 of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac, back at home, no longer in Edinburgh, no longer on the street or this bullshit, but I guess have to be thankful for it working at all. Phone method. This is a proper microphone. I've got a pop filter. And by my metaphorical digital side, joining me as always, sitting or kneeling, it's anyone's guess. It's Declan. How are you? I'm very well. It's quite odd, actually. I'm sat at a table. I've got my mic. I've got the pop filter attached. This is the first time in in absolute months. This is the first time since episode 15 (laughs) that (laughs) that both of us have been in a normal position. It's mad. I'm bare, like there's barely a seagull in sight, as you said. There's no children playing basketball so loudly for me, but yet inaudibly once uh, they actually came into into the fore, into the episode itself, just to fuck me off. It's just a different quality to the whole thing. It's beautiful. It's yeah, I'm glad to be here. I feel it's going to have quite a calm tone today because I'm really tired. I came back from Edinburgh last night. We got in at like 11 or something. And then my girlfriend had to move house the next day and had done no packing. And as I told you before the show, instead of, you know, when you move house, you've got boxes and bubble wrap and tape. There is some accoutrement that we associate with the process of house moving. If you imagine all of that was so was far there. away from, from her but it flat, wasn't there. it was like a tiny little dot but not in this universe, in one that's yet to be discovered. Maybe it will take the genius of Alton Towers scientists to uncover some dormant universe wherein this stuff had any relationship to her moving. So we moved in apple crates and vintage suitcases, (laughs) like the most obscene hipster (laughs) you will ever come across. It was quite, it was quite a, an endurance process. Moving stories always remind me of uh, leaving university houses. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically in second year, because for my second year, I had an absurdly nice house. Do you remember my mm-hmm. house in second year? Was It It was the like three-story townhouse on Barbican Road. Yes, vaguely. And it had like a, the living room had a projector that was in the ceiling and... Oh yeah, I do remember. Wow, that was nice. Yeah, and... um I was the last person to leave, which is always the worst position because obviously everyone fucks off and leaves all the cleaning to you. But thankfully I lived with uh, mugs who had, uh, (laughs) who who hadn't done that and had agreed to do some as well. But I was there still on the last day and last night kind of clearing and sweeping and wiping. I remember uh, that there are two moments that stand out to me particularly, which were at about 4am I was uh, throwing all of the bottles in the house away and there were hundreds and mm-hmm. I was out the back kind of putting them into the, like really jet not I wasn't chucking them I was sort of like placing them into this bottle bank and uh, a guy came this was out the back and he came to the back gate and opened it and and just came and went what the fuck are you doing oh and I was like well I'm I'm throwing away the bottles it's fucking four in the morning I went yeah, so they're going to be here in two hours, so I've got to get it done. <laughs> oh, dear. Why haven't you got it done already? I was like, I've been busy, you know. <laughs> you lied. I'm oh, very much. I was, I was praying that the next question was, wasn't, 
what do you do? Because if it was... <laughs> well, what's your job then, no, lad? Were, what are you, some kind of miner? There was just no answer that would satisfy. But no. I, I was like, well, I have to do it. And then I made our, like, uh, our landlords sound like absolute monsters. Like, look, if they if they come here and there's even a single bottle... If they catch bottle, me with another bottle. That is it. That's it. I mean, I'm off... Collapse the scene. I'm off to military school. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> It is the worst noise people putting bottles away. But it did sadly like turn out that he cuts through sleep. That he knew them. Oh, that's a shame. So the next day they were like, "Oh, we hear that you described us as this to our as bottle hating monster <laughs> creeps." Yeah. But they came. Actually, I'll have you know, I love the bottle bank. They came round, and I had done a fucking. I tell you what, I'd done a good job. Mm-hmm. I don't like cleaning, but I'm quite good at it when I like have mm-hmm. to be. And I had scrubbed this house. I'd dusted. I'd hoovered. I'd cleared everything. They came round, and I I remember this so clearly. They came in, and they came into the kitchen, and I had a train to catch at about half an hour's time. Mm. And they were looking round, and literally the first thing that the the woman did, because it was a couple who owned this house, she went over to the oven and opened the panel at the bottom, which I didn't even know was a door. It was no, just a sheet of metal. And she went, she went, it's full of crumbs. I was like, I have never, <laughs> ever, ever seen that in my life. <laughs> like, what? You have been in this house and asked us to clean so many hundreds of times. And you have <laughs> never even implied that the oven had a seventh compartment. A crumb, a crumb basement. Yeah. She was like... Well, what, what am I supposed to clean that? I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> it's not my fucking house. What does it do? Why does it exist? Oh, God bit? only knows. So the landlords can rape you with their mm. fucking taxes. It's their deposits. It's fucking. It's so dreadful. Aren't private landlords some of the most despicable people you'll ever come across in your life? Oh. Not necessarily on an individual basis. I'm sure there are lots of them out there who are nice people, or at least pretend to be. No, but I don't. As think a so. class, they should all be strung up and shot into the next life. Do you see that lovely expose on how no tax they've paid recently in London? Yeah, they love a bit that of that. Fun, they love a bit of no tax. tax. What's that? Exploit my entire generation <laughs> so you don't have to pay anything. What's that? You got free university education and got on the housing ladder by just looking in the direction of a door once. Good on you, lad. Oster here with my avocados and apple crates living on the street. But anyway... That's all. I'll, let, I'll, let I'll update the LinkedIn bygones. profile with my latest fucking <laughs> freelance, no-paid bullshit. In Gig the, economy, in the, you say? In the hopes that, Exploit me more. What about the uh, that guy who posted the job listing the other day that asked for uh, seven years' experience in a programming language that's been around for two and a half years? <laughs> <laughs> this is like wow. the most accurate summary of the current jobs that's market amazing. available. <laughs> That's so good. I, oh, the, oh dear. The, here's here's the, the, the really depressing thing about um, applying for jobs is that when mm. I like came out of university at 21 and I like, I, I had thankfully, very luckily, a, a job lined up. <laughs> I fucked away into the ether eventually. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like all good things. But, I'm sure we'll come to, to I'm abyss. sure we'll come to that in the questionnaire at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Question but, 28. But uh, I, I, I was sort of still looking at, at jobs at that time anyway. And I was looking at it thinking, 
it's saying here that you need, you know, at least two years. This is a graduate job. You need two years experience in a professional environment in this particular field for that. That means that you'd have to be at least 24 and applying for this job. And I was thinking, God, imagine earning £21,000 when you were 24. That'd be so depressing. And I'm kind of slowly looking at the calendar thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm months away and I'm looking at jobs that pay four grand a year less. Look, I'm 25 in December and I've eaten one crumb in the last year. And let me tell you, it was from the bottom of an oven in a secret drawer. I'll tell you why that drawer exists. It's how I eat. Isaac's had so, so little employment that his total, <laughs> his total national insurance contributions wouldn't even cover a single plaster on the NHS. <laughs> I paid for, you know, those, um, when you get a stitch and they first have to like just swab it with a tiny little Q-tip. That's, uh, <laughs> Two of those. Sure, my grand I'm sure they were grateful. <laughs> well, you know, I do what I can, right? Um, yes, it's all very depressing is the upshot of that. <laughs> or the downshot. Yeah, it's it's some kind of shot, though, nonetheless. I think we should barrel in, as we promised, uh, boldly, just with a kind of learned numbness to our <laughs> circumstances. <laughs> Which well, let us remind ourselves much more fortunate than many, which it makes it even sadder on the whole. Yes. <laughs> um, for both above and below the spectrum. Uh, we were on, we were doing this questionnaire, right? Since we did it, I've looked it up a bit more. And by since, I mean, in the last hour to find out a bit more about the origins of it. And um, I didn't do a lot of research, but the one website I came across said that Proust Never came up with this questionnaire, but he took it twice in his life. <laughs> so, so now it just seems to have come from somewhere else. It's like so, just appears. So, what you're saying is we've done it half as many times as Proust ever did, but it's got his. We've put his name on it. Yeah, and also what I've learned is that most of the James Lipton um, inside the Actor Studio questions are not included in this, the original formation, because he credits his version to a French TV host who credits his version to Proust, who credits his version to just having done it when he was 13. <laughs> so basically it's a very confusing lineage and I'm beginning to doubt whether these questions really will give us the insight that was promised from that perspective of like, I thought they were from this authoritative novelist. Now it just could be like Larry down the street has come up with some <laughs> questions that he likes to ask was, if he's going to try and pull a bird. Right, so it's Proust's uncle's questionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's him that for some reason he shoved into Proust's prepubescent hands at the age of 13 to, uh, to take part in. But we were on question six okay. and we thought, and, until we get bored of it at least, we thought we'd just carry on working through them. It's because good. they yeah, they're a good like springing off point, <laughs> jumping off point, cross with springboard. Yeah, that was um, into anecdotes and things. Or I mean, question seven we've basically already asked because it's just what is your current state of mind, which is a bit like just oh, how's dear. it going <laughs> <laughs> with specific relation to your employment status. <laughs> question seven: What is your current? What, was, what was question six? Did we do question six? Yeah, we did. It was what's your greatest extravagance? Oh, we did do that. Yeah, yeah. So what's my so current? What's my current state of mind? Yeah. And why? Do you think this question is intended to mean 
literally at the moment of asking or in general mm. in this part of your life? Well, I think um, it's probably more interesting if it's like a trajectory to it rather than just uh, my arm's cold because it's by the window. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, I mean, more generally... I, or more specifically, my my state of mind is as the the last four minutes of conversation have revealed: very job, money, anxiety <laughs> related. Um, but more generally, it's very employment and finance anxiety related. Oh, okay. So yeah, you're right. It's quite a macro overview. Yeah. When you zoom out, so big picture. I just talking. I just feel like. <sighs> Well, that says it all. Question eight. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I've, it's just frustrating that it mm-hmm. that we are in a system where I would have hoped that even though I fluked it, a first class degree would help me to something. No, help you to uh, to write about your disgust. Oh, for, very for much. Modern life. Um, but little more. It's just sometimes when I see people who are objectively less talented. <laughs> this comes back to what we were talking about last episode. Doing the trait you most deplore in others. Doing objectively better. Yeah. I just yeah, I sometimes even... wonder what sort of system is running things. Not a meritocracy, but I guess there are benefits to it not being. <clears throat> there was an act, um, I won't name them, because uh, I don't know why, but I haven't. They're a, a really big drag act. I think they're, if they're not Soho Theatre, then they're like a, another really huge one mm-hmm. that are known in London and stuff. They they do really well, is what I'm getting at. And they came and did a slot at Pollyanna and were just incredibly underwhelming. And like, I, like they couldn't really sing, they couldn't, they didn't dance. They had like decent outfits, but so does people just walking past you at a bus stop. <laughs> and I don't think you can build an act out of that. And I, I was just watching it from the side of the stage, thinking like, if you were one of the other performers here who hasn't done well and hasn't been able to get a slot, or if you have, is po- probably worse because of the amount of money people lose at the fringe on flyers and venue fees and yeah. just all the bullshit that goes with it. Like, if you're someone of any talent watching that, you'd just be like, well, the world is cruel, fundamentally. <laughs> a dark, unfair, dismal place where uh, talent is ignored. So I guess, yeah, it's a bit of a shame. I have, to answer the question for me, I have all that in mind. I keep that. That's about 40% if we treat it like, right. you know, that meter in pointless that just goes... To see if they've got a pointless answer. That's about a 40. But then the rest of it, I have a very, like, surprisingly positive attitude to... It'll probably work out in the end. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's some... It's just a bit of a dick while you're going through the, the struggling phase. Yeah, I have... And struggling, again, I'm using very relatively. I'm not, yeah, like, no, a hopeless... Not, <laughs> you're not you know, in need of McDonald's scratch cards or whatnot. No, I mean, if... If Dom, uh, Danielle came along with uh, a buy one, get one free, I'd just throw it right back in her face and be like, yeah, Danielle, this is for good. you. Keep it. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with you, but I I always feel as though that's more through apathy than optimism. 
Like it's just a kind of mm. well, it had better be a, all be okay, or else <laughs> oh, I'm going on a big spree. <laughs> I'm going At out least with a if I do bang. one thing in my life, I'm not going out with a, without a Wikipedia page for something. So <laughs> hold on to your hats, guys. It's going to get stabby. It's going to be big. Don't do that. That'd be bad. Especially now that we've seeded the idea on the podcast. Yeah. Because I'll probably be done as an accomplice. So yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, I think it's a bit of both, though. Oh well, good for you. Yeah. Well, look, I'll, I'll be the tide, the optimistic tide that rises all ships, just like it didn't for all that money. For all the ones that sank. <laughs> That's them. Okay, question eight. I've been looking forward to this one. What do you consider the most overrated virtue? Oh, that is an interesting question. Mm. If you haven't got an answer straight away, then I'll launch into Go my tirade. Go straight into your tirade, please. <clears throat> So it's not really a virtue so much Good as... Good answer to the question, then. But look, I'm taking... I see the question, and I innovate. You run right? with I'm it. I'm progressing it to the next level. Just like I'm James Lipton did, and that other yeah, guy. Exactly. <laughs> Proust himself. I think Proust, someone just asked him how he was, and he answered 30 different times, and this is how <laughs> he came up with it. Um, what I'm going to answer with is the... What's like the simplest way of putting it? Okay, you're on Snapchat. It's late at night. Maybe you're you looking like you got a Snapchat from someone who's at a club. It's like three a.m. But you in your stories, you're like, oh, haven't seen what they're up to in a while. And you give it a click, and what you'll get is a three sixty, often from a kind of spinny chair perspective of an office. And the caption it will be completely empty. It'll be pitch black outside, and the caption will be like they'll do that thing where it shows the time. You know how you can show like the time or the date or the weather. It'll be that thing where it shows the time and it'll be like another late night at the office. (laughs) Hashtag London life. And I think of those people whose idiocy single-handedly undermines the workers' rights movement that people have literally died for for hundreds of years. I think they should be lined up alongside the private landlords and fed to... Whatever the beast Alton Towers pretends <laughs> controls Nemesis because they are the most enabling fucking bullshit idiot cunts. And I hate them. It's the worst thing, though. It's bullshit jobs is, is how it's known. There's a guy. Let me Google his name because it's such an interesting article. Bullshit jobs. That's the sound of me typing live. It is a man called David Graeber who's an economist. No, he's an anthropologist. He's written an amusing essay on the nature of work in modern economy, which seems to involve lots of people doing meaningless tasks they hate. I'll quote from it because it's interesting. <clears throat> in the year 1930, John Maynard Keynes predicted that by century's end, technology would have advanced sufficiently that countries like Great Britain or the US would have achieved a 15-hour work week. There's every reason to believe he was right. In technological terms, we're quite capable of this. And yet, it didn't happen. Instead, technology has been marshaled, if anything, to figure out ways to make us all work more. In order to achieve this, jobs have, to, jobs have had to be created that are effectively pointless. Huge swathes of people in Europe and North America in particular spend their entire working lives performing tasks they secretly believe do not really need to be performed. The moral and spiritual damage that comes from this situation is profound. It is a scar across our collective soul, yet virtually no one talks about it. And the whole essay just talks about how... Because he has 
the kind of job that if you're at a cocktail party and you're like, oh, what do you do? I'm an anthropology professor at a university and I write articles and books. People are like, oh, that's interesting. And then he's like, well, what do you do? And they're like, oh, you don't want to hear about it. It's just, you know, city bullshit. Like, yeah, I, I just sort of move money around. And um, he said he'd encountered that situation so many times that it got him thinking about what's going on there. And I think the, the kind of way that that impacts individual life is starts from people who are just weirdly loyal to companies and like think that any amount of work and self-sacrifice is inherently good rather than good work being good and good sacrifice being good it's just an innate good uh what do you think about that yeah no i i agree It, it it is a shame that uh we're in a situation where the majority of jobs seem kind of uh boondoggle mm. do you remember that term from uh it's, isn't it like a new deal kind of america Roosevelt? yes i think so um and you learn about it in gcse history and your teacher says oh they used to pay elderly women to uh to sit in the corner of museums and turn the lights on and off as people came in and out what a preposterous idea just to get people into work and you're like oh my god that is silly what a what a ridiculous job to get anyone to do and then you think uh oh what do you do they go oh i'm a <clears throat> i'm a coordinator for meetings and you go oh your email <laughs> you're, <laughs> oh you, clever you're the very idea of correspondence <laughs> just put <laughs> what a job. just put into into a human form and I think it's sad because to criticise that idea sounds like you're criticising people who work hard no. and do jobs that they're paid for. But it's not it's, an attack on no, people, it's, it's an attack it's on an a, a system. attack on the system in which people have to do this in order to live. Yeah. And it's unnecessary. There's another quote where he says, um, <clears throat> uh, a world without teachers or dock workers would soon be in trouble but it's not entirely clear how humanity would suffer were all private equity CEOs, lobbyists, PR researchers, actuaries, telemarketers, bailiffs, or legal consultants to similarly vanish. He concedes that some might argue that his own work is meaningless and says there can be no objective measure of social value. So, <laughs> I mean, he hasn't got all the answers, no. <laughs> but, it, but it's like that um, Russell Brand quote that is often dallied around the left where he's like when people when i was poor and i complained about inequality people said i was jealous and now that i'm rich people say i'm a champagne socialist or whatever i mean he says it nicer than that but it's one of those problems that any angle you attack it from you open yourself up to like an ad hominem rather than a debate about the issue yeah and pointing out that being a problem isn't the same as saying i have an answer to it so in answer, Proust, to your not question of what I consider the most overrated virtue, it is uh, work as its own reward when it's not work that you'd actually do if you weren't like, if you had your choice of anything. Yeah. Meaningless, busy work that people then end up spending hours of their life prioritizing above living. Like living. Yeah. I just find it tragic. That is a good answer. Thanks. Well What's yours? I've been having a I hope yours is just like beauty. <laughs> I hate telling the truth. <laughs> I've been having a think. Um and I I don't necessarily despise 
a virtue in particular. But mm-hmm. what I despise is the unnecessary importance that people put on the idea of a virtue by itself rather than the application of virtues. Right. So, an example. so uh, one that uh, applies probably to us and certainly to this podcast is kindness, you know, yes. a very um, traditional Christian virtue. It's the opposite of envy, like uh, the, the idea that you should always be nice to others, that you shouldn't um, worry about what you want and, and what you're kind of uh, uh, pining for. It should be about benevolence and Mm-hmm. And, and whilst I agree with that, I don't agree with people who place the idea of kindness as the most important thing in the world, where it uh, supersedes things such as basic morality, where the idea of appearing nice, um, like <gasps> such as such as we've uh, discussed in our uh, much lauded political episode (laughs) (laughs) where the idea of being nice and kind and uh and civil should can i should interject with a sondheim quote to please elucidate please do that's why i gasped in joy because the witch in into the woods just before she's about to like rescind all her power and fuck off because she's just fucking done with these idiots she says um that just for some context the plot point is that there's a little boy jack who's fucked off a giant and the giant's now going mental and just treading on people left jack right as in of the beanstalk that's the one there are giants in the sky he says and then one comes right out of the sky and treads on his mum. so <laughs> <laughs> it, it can all happen and uh she's got this line because they she's trying to get them to give up the boy to the to the giant's wife or something because one of the giants was killed and then another giant is like fucked off about it and they won't. And she's like, you're so nice. You're not good. You're not bad. You're just nice. I'm not good. I'm not nice. I'm just right. So it's about the difference yeah. between being correct and being that kind of simpering, saccharine, like, oh, but yeah, it's like, yeah, uh, you shouldn't say that the appearance of morality rather than doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, cause I'm, I'm trying to vie away from, although it, we're constantly being brought back to it this, the uh, the horrid phrase, but also perhaps more horrid reality of virtue signalling, the idea mm. that you uh, purport virtue rather than actually embodying it. Um, yeah, but uh, as well, rather a watered down term. Yeah, but uh, as well in this, I apply I apply this idea to to people who feel as though they ought to adhere to certain virtues regardless of situation there's nothing fucks me off more than if you're listening to um an interview with one of your favorite artists whether they be an author or whether they be uh, a musician or a filmmaker and they're asked um so what's your uh, your favorite song or what's your favorite piece that you've done essentially and they go oh i i don't know you know i i haven't um i don't really think about that i uh, i i try not to 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 judge my own work and whatnot and that kind of fake humility where you're like just what's yeah. your fucking favorite mate we've all got <laughs> one why haven't you it's the one yeah. it's the one thing that i uh, quite like um or that i quite admire tom york from radiohead for whom i otherwise mm-hmm. despise but uh <laughs> Why? He does seem, uh, by all accounts, everyone who's met him 
hates him. Because he's a pretentious anti-Palestine wanker. There you go. That's Um, that's the three for three. um, But but he, I have listened to an interview where he goes, so what's your favourite piece? And he's like, it's this. This is my favourite song we've done. And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, you should just be able to, it's not... It's not arrogant why. to say yeah, not that as one of the most successful bands of the last three decades, that yeah. you've written a good song. You shouldn't have to uh, kowtow to this idea that you should be humble in your success and say, oh, I, I don't know, you know, uh, we just put it out there for the fans and they love it. Fuck off. Like, you must think that something you've done is good. What is it? Yeah. Just say. I think it's mean as well. It kind of... Uh it's shutting off. I guess if you have like personal reasons not to disclose it, then fair enough. Yeah. But it's still a bit weird, but it shuts off an avenue of potential connection. Cause you'd be like, Oh, that's my favorite thing you've done as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember it, there was like a minor intellectual turning point in my life where I was really into sting at the time. who was still really like, and I found that he'd done a cover of a fairly like obscure. It's certainly not a pop song. It's like a German folk song that had been covered by like an opera singer that I liked yeah. and realizing that people you like the work of you like because you share the same taste yeah. was a really, it's really obvious, but it's also slightly revelatory because then like when you see artists that you like are friends or admire each other's work, then it just validates that you're kind of on the same wavelength. Yeah. And if someone came out and was like, I don't know, what's a good example if like uh jk rowling came out and said that chamber of secrets was her favorite harry potter book i'd be like well you fluked your way into success it's objectively shit compared to the rest (laughs) it's the worst one you've ever done (laughs) snake in the walls get out Elvis, sure t- Elvis Voldemort. <laughs> Romeo G. Voldemort. Oh, guess what? We went on a ghost walk, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode Thank because goodness. I have um, I have such a good ghost walk story I'm so in York that I'm sure I've told you before. But uh, amongst other things, other madnesses, which I'll get into, it ended in a churchyard or kirkyard, as they call it in Ooh. Scotland, wherein there are graves because she wrote, Harry Potter in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So they fucking go on about it all course. the time. But it has visible graves for someone McGonagall, someone uh, Lupin, and a full Tom Riddle grave. That's Ooh, cool, isn't it? That is cool. Elvis, you say? Yeah. That's him. Romeo G. Tom. Detlev. Junior Riddle. That's him. <laughs> Detlev. Is, Detlev sounds like <laughs> the kind of insult that if you had to, if you had to swear at an alien... And it couldn't speak any language, but you had to come up with a you single word. Hunting inco- Detlev. <laughs> yeah, it just in- it amasses all human hatred into one two-syllable portion that you can just spit out at that stupid alien. It sounds like something Godfrey Bloom would have called Eastern Europeans. You know, and, and I hear all, the, all these fucking Detlevs coming over from, <laughs> from Poland, Bulgaria. Oh, something that, yes, it does. Something be. that the news would have lampooned him for. Another debt left. Imagine being Godfrey Bloom. Imagine being someone so preposterously offensive that UKIP got rid of you. <laughs> UKIP said no, he's an embarrassment. I bet he wears it as a badge of honour, the fucking debt lev. I bet he does. Should we make that our new thing? All right. Should we try and spread okay. the word debt lev around? You like fucking debt lev. Oh my God, she's such a debt lev. Just leave me alone. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, can, I need to like internalise it and then I'm going to start yeah. spreading it. 
like tendrils in the mist. So come on, what's the next question? Question nine. On what occasion or occasions, that was my parenthesis there, Ooh, just, I, I just like to embellish, okay. you know, I like to give it a personal, that's... Everyone else thing. who's done it has, so why not you? <laughs> I'm just... Ne- they're going to start calling it the Bernier Doyle questionnaire <laughs> within a decade. Wait and see. On what occasion do you lie? On what occasion you. do you lie? Do I... And I don't think it means, like, Christmas. <laughs> my mum's birthday. That's an interesting question. Why? I lie all the time. <gasps> oh, no. Um, but what do you mean? Do you mean you lie like... You lie with your eyes? <laughs> with my touch. <laughs> <laughs> His touch was a lie. Um, no. His eyes sealed the deal. I, I, as in, you know, I lie to my... To my employers, <laughs> to myself. Oh, well, yeah, they don't count as No, people. exactly. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I lie to cover up jobs I haven't done <laughs> and won't ever be doing. You've managed to ring it back to employment like an absolute joke. I know, I was thinking of this last episode that we kept yeah. doing this, but yeah. Um, so I do that. I suppose, ordinarily, I lie in order... Not, uh, I lie for a middle ground between not hurting others and also not exposing myself. (laughs) It's always a kind of probably the best. Yeah, it's always a kind of middle ground. Like if I lie, it's normally because I don't want someone else to be upset, but. In within that, there is almost certainly an aspect of I also don't want to be blamed for this. And also, if someone's upset, you have to deal with that. Upset <sighs> and that's fucking effort. Yeah. So I guess lying for convenience has got to be the top of most people's Yeah, list. I think so. Not, I don't really know what they're getting at with this question. Like, what are they hoping we're going to say? They're hoping that we're going to reveal that I'm like a jewel. <laughs> because what else is there? People, like, why else would you lie if not for... I, I lie. I lie when I radicalise people online. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I did that bit out. <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't think that's a great question. I'm afraid, Marcel, or whoever, whichever distant friend or relative chucked it in. Um, I'm trying to just glean any more interest out of it. Maybe like lie. I, th- I think lying by omission is more interesting than direct lying. Yeah, I'm quite hypocritical about lying because I have a bit of a god complex like dumbledore has and i really identified with dumbledore when he didn't tell harry that he's a horcrux spoilers and if that has annoyed you please get in touch <laughs> if i've just revealed that plot twist, i will i will like i'll fly to your hometown and we can fight or something or hug you. <laughs> one of the two maybe both um because I like the idea. I find the the burden of knowledge quite poetic. So one of my least favourite things is if people conceal information from me. Not least of all because I, I'm quite obsessive about finding out information. You really... Like I mean, I cannot explain to listeners how <laughs> how true that is of Isaac. <laughs> and I don't mean like I'm, I'm not a stalker. That's a lot of effort. Uh, and I don't not, care not necessarily much, by a something... legal definition, but by a moral <laughs> definition, perhaps. <laughs> no, look, I just like to have a holistic overview. I like to know all the facts in a situation. And if that situation is like a person or a, an event, like I, lead, I like to have it all. But then I feel once I've dissected and like gone through that information, I don't feel 
it's immoral to filter some of that out when providing it to someone else which i guess is very <laughs> egotistical because you're kind of saying like well i can handle this and you can't yeah. whether like whatever that is but that look that's my cross to bear guys i'll work on it <laughs> thanks very much for your, uh, your honesty there isaac question 10 i think is another quite boring one um what do you most dislike about your appearance oh i don't know i'm interested i don't feel like you're going to get much depth no but i'm interested to hear this from you well, mine's another slightly off-piste one, because I really don't feel like... <laughs> I was about to say something that would get me arrested. What were you I'm going to say? I'm going to rephrase it as, I don't really feel like I live in my body. <laughs> <laughs> is that okay? Uh, ooh, uh, well, okay is a relative term, isn't it? As in, it's not by itself <laughs> going to get you in trouble, but it is going in the dossier. <laughs> that will inevitably (laughs) form my (laughs) defence. Oh, dear. What I just mean is I've never felt a particular attachment to, like, This corporeal form. Yeah, I just, like, sometimes when you look in the mirror, don't you just think, like, wow, I live in that. (laughs) (laughs) I've never thought that once. That's so weird. I think that all the time. You catch your eye in, like, a shop, like, because shops have mirrors everywhere to try and keep you in, is my theory. Is that a known thing? Uh, Yeah. Okay, well, it's not my theory anymore. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, so you catch your eye and you're just like, oh, who's? Oh, it's me. That's what I live in. I have to walk around in that big meat skeleton. So, but then my one is going to be, to go back to my question, my answer about what I'm scared of being death, what I most dislike about my appearance is anything that portends death or like that I have to deal with. So, for example... This is the most interesting answer you've given to any question. (laughs) This is is years of my own theories confirmed in a few sentences. (laughs) In Edinburgh, what I didn't like was I I was like having... I have quite sensitive skin every so often. It's sensitive to like weird things though. Not like makeup for being in plays or like Halloween things, but to things like water... So there are some types of water that will just really fuck me. You're over. a fucking, and I got you're like, a fucking mental case. You're not well. <laughs> you're you're what, not well. What did I say? You're sometimes sensitive to some sort of water. <laughs> That's normal, Get I think. There's the like hard or soft out. water. Although I did go on a website that was like, you can put your postcode stop, in and see stop, if this water stop, will be bad stop, for your skin. And stop, it wasn't. Stop. But I'm here to say that it Stop was. talking. So anyway, I had like a bit of... <laughs> A bit of like, uh, I don't know, like a slight eczema around my eyelid. Like it was just really dry. So I bought E45. And every day that I woke up and had a shower, it would like inflame and I'd have to put E45 on to get, get it back to normal. And there were points where I was staring at myself in the mirror, as you do, where you like look at your own eyes to try and see your brain. And I thought I could scratch off this face and live my life without one. So I guess that is what, <laughs> what I most dislike. It's just anything wrong but otherwise i'm all fine with it don't really think about it very much how about you <laughs> please tell me there's someone else on this podcast imagine if i just woke up and i was in front of like a, a court <laughs> that was me just giving a spiel one day that clip is going to be played in front of witnesses <laughs> I don't think that's that weird. You're going to have what to, about that is odd? Well, the bit where you talk about scratching off your own face or looking into your eyes to see your brain isn't exactly 
every day. It was a joke. Wow. Well, good luck defending that particular <laughs> idea. It was all a joke, right? It's a comedy podcast. Um, well, my answer of my nose probably <laughs> oh. <laughs> probably pales somewhat in comparison to your absolute Nietzschean <laughs> denial of your own existence. <laughs> it's your rejection oh, of dear. the body as as an idea. And yep. your well, complete devotion to the idea of uh, infinite and immortal spiritual life. That's me. Live on forever as a machine, you say? I just Sign don't like up. that I... It, it, it is a, a similarly mental concern, but mm-hmm. my nose is big enough that it is noticeably large and it annoys me. But And that in any caricature I've ever had drawn of me, it is the focus, obviously. But I think, but, isn't that like the standard? Like, they're not going to make your ear, your eyes too no, big but or something. No, but of course they do. And if you've got like big anime. eyes, then that's what they do. Well, I don't know. I've never had a caricature. But, but it's not big enough that you that if you say, oh, like, uh, you know, my nose, I feel a bit annoyed, you know, my nose is too big, that people go, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you have got a big nose. Like, it's it's. Do you feel like big. if you went and had like rhinoplasty people would judge you more for having had it than they wouldn't be like okay that's understandable well yeah exactly i think i yeah, feel okay. it's very similar to being ginger right my where it's like my, on the yeah, cusp of being like a where my 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 line about being ginger is that it's enough to get you bullied but it's not enough to be a diversity higher <laughs> where it's like right on that edge of you, people will still fucking hate you for it but <laughs> you're not a yeah. race so <laughs> it's also it's like enough for you to be bullied about but not really enough that anyone's going to do anything about oh, it on God, mass. No. they're not going to be like okay guys it's ginger awareness day i need you all to go and like i don't know buy some uh some of those red biscuits buy some, and buy some factor 50 <laughs> drive the prices yeah <laughs> you try living a day in their shoes <laughs> yeah i know what you mean that's on the uh, on the peripherals of a problem. Yeah, I exactly. guess is, is its own problem. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, quite different answers from us there, but yeah. that's the dynamic. I expect none of your uh, tirade to be edited out, please. I've had I've had to listen <laughs> to it, so should our listeners. <laughs> wow, I wouldn't call it a tirade. I think it was more a a manifesto. Of well, sorts. we'll if you feel well, like we'll that, see what the Murdoch yes. Empire thinks it should be called in a few <laughs> weeks, shall we? <laughs> wow. Okay. How, what we how are we doing for time? Okay, this is fine. Number eleven. Which living person do you most despise? Oh. Which living person do you most despise? Ooh. This is difficult. Isn't that it? is very difficult. There's so many. Yeah, I feel like despises quite a particular i don't know if they're going for a very particular kind of dislike but despise to me immediately pushes out a lot of people who i hate but i don't have time like they're not on my mind a lot i feel like if i despise someone then i'm gonna just remember them every so often and be filled with yeah like fury about their very like the fact that they're still allowed to breathe my oxygen and i don't know i think it's quite temporary it can be someone like for a while it was when we were getting big into old Norm Finkelstein. It was Dershowitz. It was just whenever I thought of Dershowitz. What a cunt. Like, he was on my list as well. Allowed. Yeah. But I think, uh, I think despising anyone, it's something I've, if you admire anything about um, 
neo-Nazis. It's the enthusiasm, <laughs> right? Like they put a lot of effort into hating people. And it's something that Louis Theroux points out in his documentary where he goes to meet all the white supremacists. He's like, you guys, like, this is not just something you do, like in that Father Ted thing where he's like, not sure I have a lot of time oh, yeah. for your racism, <laughs> Father, because I've got the farm until midday or whatever. At night, I just like a cup of tea. <laughs> it's like, well, how do you cram it all in? You make it a whole lifestyle choice. And I feel like I just don't have... If I cared about anything as much as white supremacists care about how like down Breton the white race is, then I think I'd have an answer that was better. But as it is, it's a lot of energy to despise anything. And I haven't got the time for But if you had to pick someone? Uh, at the moment, if I had to pick someone, it would probably be Piers Morgan because of that article you sent me today that got me thinking and then watching clips of him again. <sighs> He represents a very particular kind of... He's like a figurehead for a Ignorance. whole movement of people who I hate. Yeah. So that's today's one. But, uh, I mean, it would change day by we'll day. We'll link to that article, shall we, in the... Um... Yeah, it was a really good article. Um, um, how about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I go through lots of phases. Again, for a while it was Dershowitz. For a while after I watched mm. the uh, the George Galloway documentary, it was Tony Blair again. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he comes around yeah. every few years. Um, but... Like a bad outbreak of gonorrhea. Then it, it sort of like, ordinarily, I suppose, it would hang between the Clintons, just mm-hmm. as a couple of people to despise for everything, literally everything that they are between them responsible for. Um, but I think if it had to be a single person, and I had to say one person who deserves death more than any other individual uh, i think the the prize must inevitably go to kissinger i thought you were going to say kissinger i was going to jump in with kissinger it, yes i mean yeah fair enough i mean the man is the most <laughs> textbook definition of war criminal that there ha- more yeah. than i think any other individual in history yeah He's like, if you got him in the top Trump's war criminals game, that is just, it. You've won. Just eat the cards like and go. He's the Exodia of <laughs> of of top Trump's war criminals version. You just lay him. I really hope there just, is this. You just lay him down, and like everyone else is like banned. You just get their sets, and they have to go home. And they're never allowed <laughs> to play top Trumps again. The man is That's responsible it. for practically every single war crime that is definable. And he has a lot of legacy that even today impacts. Well, like, yeah, like the real policy kind just of shaped a generation of of evil. But it's but beyond that, it's not just that he did those things and that they've gone unpunished. But it's that he is still revered. He's mm. not. It's not like he's cast out. So he's just on his own. He's still earning millions of dollars every year from being. Do you think it's because he's? His name starts with the word kiss. <laughs> Do you think that softens his touch? I, 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 sh- I mean, I would, but then you have to look at his face as well, and it's fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. Like the, That'll harm And I mean, to, to tie it into some of the other things that I mentioned, uh, I say things to mean monsters that I mentioned, um, <laughs> is that um, he was one of the quotes on the cover of Hillary Clinton's book. Oh, really? And you think... Like how, how little self-reflection do you have to be 
to to want Henry Kissinger's approval, approval. to want his yeah. love, his affection, to want his uh, his insight, to want his praise for you on your own book. Yeah. That's like you know, it's like having the endorsement of Stalin. <laughs> like, oh yeah, great guy. And you really knew how to run things. <laughs> Wouldn't it be a shame to be like Stalin's favourite indie band or something? <laughs> just inadvertently. Like just, when he was like up and coming, he was just like, oh, like if he was now and he was like, oh, I'm really into the Arctic Monkeys, just tweeted one. Yeah. Day. Do you think they would get like burned alive? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Goes to show toxicity is not a singularity. It spreads, doesn't it? All throughout the world, like a big wet marmite oh, dripping out of a stalagmite. That's hardly, yeah. Uh... That's hardly word of mouth is best of mouth, is it? <laughs> well, what is these days? Save that for what's your favourite phrase, which is a question I'm adding to the oh, list. Oh, goodness. What's the next one? <laughs> oh, no, there actually is one for which we can talk oh, about phrases. Good. But the next one is, what are we on now? Question 11. Okay, these next... No, let's do three more because then we end with the one I just okay. mentioned. The next two are going to be relatively quick far, I think. Uh what is the quality you most like in a man, and why? Um, well, this sounds like I'm being asked it by a dating website. <laughs> but the next one is, what is the quality you most like in a woman? Oh, that also sounds and like I would... I'm being asked it by a dating website. Yeah, it does. I kind of, um, not to get all progressive. No, but anything, I don't really have a but different I just kind answer. Of query. Yeah, exactly. I don't really see the, unless they just specifically mean... Like, one of them is just about people in general, and one of them is about in a like, romantic part. Should we do it like that? Maybe we should take it in that way. So, what, so what's do, the, what is the quality you most like in a person? In humanity. Um, yeah. And then what is the quality you most like in a partner? Okay. Uh, for humanity, um, a willingness to admit that you were wrong. Ooh. Is that something you've encountered struggle with? Uh, it's something that I've encountered struggle with myself and with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I have kind of changed a lot of my views based on listening to people I know, to reading, to, to, you know, just general inquiry. Hillary Clinton's book. Yeah. <laughs> really won you around. <laughs> and, and so I, it's her turn. And so I've had, <sighs> don't, don't be saying that. No, don't don't be it. bringing it up because we haven't got time. <laughs> <laughs> We're on 53 minutes. We don't need it to be 253 <laughs> minutes. But I just think that I, and, and this is the thing is that I mean it for big things and small things. Mm-hmm. So I mean it for my political views have changed quite substantially over the last few years. And so I'm currently kind of dealing with the consequences of, of that, of changing yeah. my opinions and, and justifying that to people. But I also mean it in terms of if you say off the bat that you fucking hate a band and then you listen to a song and you really like it and it turns out it was by that band, just have the balls to say that you liked it and don't be a prick. Yeah, I cannot stand people... The worst person, this isn't necessarily an admitting you were wrong thing, but the worst sort of person in the whole world is someone who uh, cannot um, admit that they like something that they didn't know about first. Maybe that, maybe <laughs> this should have been my answer for the virtue question. Yeah. The, the, you know the person I'm on about. The person where you'll, you'll put on a song 
and it'll be on and they're clearly loving it and they take this they try and take a sly little look at the ipod to see who it was and who was by rather than just saying what's this song i don't know it but i like it what's the name of it they have to pretend that they know and then look at it and be like oh yeah no i'm a big fan of so and so just why don't you go fuck yourself just admit that you didn't (laughs) know the song and that you liked it right and then just we can talk about it don't try and be the smarmy prick who pretends that he knew it all it's just not... Sorry, it's been troubling me for a while. <laughs> I had to get that out of there. It's just like a waste of time, though. What do you get from it? You just look like you knew one more band than you do. Like, no one's keeping track. I, <laughs> I don't got a, care. Even in my obsessive <laughs> documenting of people's likes and dislikes Even on all, all those spreadsheets you've got about yeah, everyone we know. Even on my Google Docs. I don't have, you know, Google which keep. bands people have proven. <laughs> I Google keep it to myself. Every element Ooh. of it about their uh, their band knowledge in a numerical sense. Yeah, I agree, I don't like that. And it comes back again. We were so correct with that answer about the disjunct between the reality of the situation and your internal yeah. assessment of it. Like, just, it's such a weird trajectory for that to take, though. It's so meaningless. That's a good one, I like that one. I don't know what mine was going to be. It might just be something like <clears throat> that Hanlon's Razor thing of... Uh, do not attribute to malice what can be more easily attributed to incompetence. Like, I think something about just having a bit of faith that, like, in people in general is probably a good thing to have. Not being too jaded and just being, like, yeah. giving everyone a well, chance. It's about a healthy balance, isn't it? Like, yeah. don't, be, don't be naive, but don't also be overly sceptical and cynical. Yeah, don't be defined by it. You can follow Declan at Yeah, Declan exactly. On Twitter. <laughs> don't don't subscribe to my I'm seventeen and I think this is edgy Twitter handle. Because <laughs> you can change it to that's a shame Declan or something. If you want All to right. go full out branding. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> that's that's a shame man. Declan makes it sound like I have a real inferiority complex. That's a shame Declan. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, after everything you tweet, I'll reply. <laughs> that's a, oh, that's shame a shame Declan. Declan. Sorry you had to share that with the world in 140 wastes of eyeball time. <laughs> okay, question 13, penultimate question for this episode. What is the quality we've adjusted you most like in a romantic partner? Well, I have a, quite an interesting story about this in that um, I have a very clear memory of being in um, year nine German class. Uh-huh. And we had to do pretty much this exact task. You had to write a description of, you know, what would your perfect girlfriend be? Right? <laughs> in German, obviously. You are in a boys' school. I was, yeah. This seems like torturous <laughs> yeah it seems like they're taking the if you were next door <laughs> it's like if they went into a gym and was like what would be your ideal ice cream sundae to appear in front of you now? tell me in german so we had to write it and there were lots of people um putting their hand up kind of trying their luck asking oh, no. for uh, for words that obviously they shouldn't be asking for oh, you know, classic little the, jokers were yeah what's the what's german for breasts uh how do you say Beyonce in German? Yeah. yeah that's so um, there were lots. And then I was kind of, I wrote down the, 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 the physical aspect. It was some kind of, I don't know. I think it was just Nigella Lawson or something. <laughs> and I, Fair and I wrote it down Niche. and then I, and then it came onto the personality bit. 
And I was trying not to just do, oh, clever, funny, um, the, the cliches. And I was thinking, what do I, what do I really want or need from, uh, from someone who's going to be my girlfriend? And so I, I kind of boldly raised my hand and waited my turn. And, uh, my, the teacher, Dr. Francis turned to me and was like, yes, uh, Declan, um, what is it you like? I was like, sorry, sir, uh, what's the German word for tolerant <laughs> <laughs> what's a german word for puts up with my shit and it turns out the german word for tolerant is tolerant <laughs> so, oh, no. so i was she looked like I, was a in, I was in luck <laughs> that's good um but i have always remembered that because it is something that i have uh i have been looking for because <laughs> most people i tell you what they think they're tolerant but then they haven't met me <laughs> <laughs> and they spend 34 episodes with you and they're like mate i'm, I'm checking that's it I'm afraid. taiwanese listeners have not been on board of late I'm afraid the swedes are... you, but tw's dropped off the map the swedes are gone <laughs> <laughs> they've packed their bags and sailed right back okay that's a good one tolerant mm. yes okay i wonder what mine is i think i got in a big argument with uh a few different ex-girlfriends about this when they're like Oh, Isaac, I just love that you're so great or whatever. And I'd be like, that's nice. Thanks. And then they're like, so what do you like about me? Um, like, uh, well, how, where to start? You try and dodge that question. You're like, yeah, let's deflect with some poetry. So, well, Shakespeare said it first, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the year was 16 tickety four. Not a great year for the cricket, I hear, but a good year for the wine. <laughs> The shilling was up, but the mood was down. <laughs> the Avon flowed. And the, oh, and the moon don't even get me started. <laughs> anyway, what should we do for dinner? And then you just like run away. But no, I remember saying that my favourite thing about an ex-girlfriend was that she was fun and she kicked <laughs> I would kick off. off. Fuck Why? off. Fuck off. Fun that's, is such a big thing. That's the, it's the least Mate. committed word of all time. No, no I'm not having Fun this. means fun the least, everything. Though. It means the least. Fun is challenging. It's like... What do you mean, though? So Why was she fun? Because it. it's like... I think it says so much. That's the most you've ever stuttered in your life. <laughs> what you mean is, you are hoping that it was going to be a brilliant capsule and... <laughs> And, and really, I've pulled you up on the fact it means fuck. <laughs> no, or... it is a brilliant catch-all. I just haven't thought about how because it catches so much like a fucking big net that takes up the whole Atlantic Ocean of emotions. Um, Ocean of Emotion would be a great fucking spin-off like, podcast about 80s love ballads or something. It sounds, like, a, it sounds like an Enya album. <laughs> yes, it does. A bit. It's like 80% whales and 20% Enya. <laughs> okay, fun. So... I think fun is something that is quite elusive, right? It's one of those things that you gaze down the hospital corridor to that past all the people who are like waiting for triage nurses to come and assess them, past all those double doors that you can only go through if you're a surgeon whilst doing a speech about how like she was eight days away from retirement, get me 12 milligrams of whatever stat, pass me this, pass me that. And at the end of it, in big letters that shimmer slightly in the fluorescent light is fun because it's something that people think they have a lot but i think if you really think about life as soon as you assess whether or not you're having fun you're usually not because you're out of the moment so if someone can instill in you that like 
pure essence of enjoyment for any reason, any number of reasons, then I think that's a really important thing. And if there's not a better word than fun, then is that my fault or is it language's fault? So if it, and that's why. So if any of Isaac's ex-girlfriends are listening, don't <laughs> worry. Current. He wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> he's not lying to you. He's just fobbing you off with nebulous <laughs> crap. <laughs> it's not nebulous. It's so true. It has reminded it's me though too, of almost too Isaac. true for this universe. <laughs> Isaac, you give yourself away. With your false yeah. sincerity. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it has reminded me, though, of um, of a, a, an aspect of my life that I, I found somewhat regrettable. When I was with my mm-hmm. first girlfriend, I... Mm-hmm. Can you give her a fake name? Uh, okay, Helen. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I wrote an article about this recently for, uh, for Liz Cook. Oh yeah! Shout yeah. out to that website. Why don't you plug that website? To Big Feelers. Yeah, I think that's. I don't what know it's the called. name. <laughs> it, well, it, that that I account? have had it explained to me. It makes more Tell sense me. now. Well, because it's her and her mum have made it. Her mum's mm. Fiona, and she's uh, and she's Liz, and also I thought it was and like also Navidad. And Feliz is the Spanish word for happiness or something. Oh, so it is like Feliz Navidad. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I was quite right. So, there, I mean, it makes more sense than it just being a random selection of letters. Yeah, that's good. that someone just dropped on a page. Yeah, okay, so, fine, I'm back on So, board. But I I was writing about it because she was preposterously more attractive than I was. And also, I'd never spoken to a woman in my whole life <laughs> at that uh-huh. point. You'd, you'd come up with some great tolerant ones in German class. Oh, my God. So I, had, I had an idea of the perfect woman. You were discerning. <laughs> So I spent the entire time that we were together certain that she hated me and that she mm-hmm. was instead in love with everyone else. I hear that's a really good basis for it's a fantastic one. Uh, those Trisha those, those guys over at those guys over at the incel sub will really <laughs> tell you it's the <laughs> it's the way to be. But um, I remember once kind of getting into this. What in retrospect is a, an absolutely preposterously awkward and dreadful conversation about a specific person that I was sure that she f- should fancy more than me. Uh-huh. Um, and her kind of defending herself and saying, no, she doesn't. And I, is it someone, you know, or someone famous? Someone I knew. As soon it's really weird just not to derail, but when you said that the first person who came into my head was Ainsley Harriet. I thought Declan's ex-girlfriend was in love. With <laughs> you Ainsley thought Harriet. that I thought that my girlfriend should yeah. prefer Ainsley Harriot. He just because I was thinking, have you what, seen Ready TV Steady Cook? In those days? <laughs> yeah. What in two thousand? This, this was two thousand and twelve, or no, two thousand and ten. Two thousand and ten. Sorry, yeah, but Ready Steady that Cook was the heyday for Ready Steady Cook. <laughs> I've been on air for about okay, five cool. years, <laughs> but uh, no. So I, I, I remember being like, okay, well then, what do you like about me? Which is always a dreadful question to ask. Mm. And I remember being really quite annoyed with her answer, which was, you've got a nice smell. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, that's an answer to argue with. Fun, right. by comparison. And Stop trying to defend yourself. This is my is fucking story. Your there. bit's done, mate. <laughs> you, you've sold yourself into that particular grave, right? Oh, well. But then... Years later, two girlfriends down the line, she once said mm. the same thing. And so I began to worry that maybe this was the only thing I had going for me, was some kind of 
like evolutionary pheromone kind of advantage. Old Declan, yeah. your Twitter handle is. <laughs> when I first met you. It's like, this guy's weird. Great smell. Very odd chat. Always leaning into Great the Great smell. Breeze. Abusive as fuck, but... Makes God, me stand downwind on God, him. while you sniff, you're in a, you're in a heavenly place. <laughs> You'd only go out in York if there was a gale force wind so, pointing in the direction of the club. So yeah, don't go saying that to potential partners. That's some official, that's a shame advice. That's very good advice. I f- have a feeling, I, I might have floated this before, I think we should start an advice section of the show. Because we're worldly people. We know what we're in, about. Uh, not, yeah, exactly. We've been around the block uh, all that Jenny, that all, all stuff, all stuff like that. What I'm saying is, send us advice emails, <laughs> Tass, but not, not not naughty's pop culture references. No, because I ran out of lyrics to it so quickly. <laughs> uh, look, final one. Oh my god! For today's here episode. we go. Which words or phrases do you most overuse? That's a shame. A shame. <laughs> It's so weird. I really like the, um, cause I think we either talk about it in episode one or when we've talked about episode one in hindsight, mm-hmm. I love going back. If I really like a series or it's more often stuff like a podcast where it's evolving as it goes rather than all written at once, um, to see like the lineage of ideas. And it, if no one else enjoys it, then I will always enjoy the fact that in the episode, our pilot, which was, we started with no title for the show, no music, like no concept, really. Um, <clears throat> we say that's a shame before we decide to name it. That's a shame. Yeah. Like it just comes up organically. I think that's so nice. And so, yeah, I guess Didn't that's we both a have a version of it on our lists as well. Yeah, I think. Yes, I can't remember what mine was, but it was something. I think. A shame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do use it as a phrase, perhaps too much. Not Not even in the show, but just in everyday life. That's my kind of. It was of pointed out that a lot of our, a lot of my conversation, and by extension, like yours and Dan's, is quite of its own vernacular. Yeah, it's very um, idiomatic, isn't it? Yeah, there's lots of like phrases and crime and ways of delivering lies. Crime is another yep, one. Crime. Love to use the word crime as a noun, as a verb, as an adjective. Yeah. Whatever. That's, that's over the fringe. I kept doing, calling everything pick of the fringe. When it's just like a man throw up in the street. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a bit, a bit too prominent both years. And then at the moment, my one is not in a big way. Is apparently oh, something yeah. I'm overusing. Uh, but I, it entertains I me. I use the word absolutely too much. Absolute nonsense absolutely is another one. That was a title yeah, suggestion a, Yeah, it was, well. yeah. I mean, Probably, perhaps a more apt many. one <laughs> based on what's <laughs> happened in the 33 wow. episodes previously. <laughs> Um, that's another one wow oh my god well wow has become so prominent Do you know the uh etiology of wow no. so it comes from a song that my girlfriend had to write in year seven that uh for some i don't know what it was it doesn't sound like music class and it doesn't sound like anything else but i think the assignment and she'll have to email i was gonna say email in but you can probably just text me to correct but it was like Write a song that includes no. Some do it. Facts. Do it through the website. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> yeah, take yeah. part like everyone else. <laughs> and her line was, "An ant can lift twenty times its body weight." Wow, cool. <laughs> it's just the most <laughs> nonsense. It's a great song, but the wow and the cool really undermine the facts. Don't yeah, they? they look back at it like, "Was that the best I could come up with?" It was. I've realised that another one that I say is, uh, "That's a no." 
oh that's a note yeah, yeah. to to so many anything things. that has its own intonation yeah i've but i i've ended up like. saying it to like my boss but they're like, <laughs> they're like can you uh, like uh overnight are you able to like sweep out the at the front because there's been a wedding and there's loads of confetti and i'll be like oh that's a no <laughs> sir what that's, that's a no sir what i mean well i'm not doing that sorry <laughs> i'm trying to think if there and any- you're having employment issues <laughs> this don't What's don't go thinking here? don't go thinking the job at the hotel is on my cv in any sense <laughs> that's a very hidden that's a hidden gem of my life. That's just for this podcast. Yeah, that's just... It's the only reason you do it now. You're not even paid. No. We're paid in anecdotes. <laughs> We're paid in Alan tying up sisters and brothers oh, in West Royston. With his flick knives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Well, look. Um, we're up to epi- uh, question 14 now. There are 35 in total. I have a feeling that in the next few days... The people we know that listen to this are going to get in touch with a tirade of phrases that we use far too much. <laughs> yeah, no. And also, if you've heard, like, what, 30, maybe I'd say 36 hours probably averages out, like, yeah. all our episodes. If you've heard that many hours, there must be some phrases that you've heard. Although I guess it happens less when we're talking in this than if we were just, like, down the pub. I don't know. This is very down the pub. Yeah, I suppose it is. I, I, mean, I, I mean, there are obviously some that aren't even worth mentioning because we say them so much like fuck off is <laughs> used is used in so many different ways with many different internet fuck, fuck off is off. my favorite that's, that's my favorite my favorite, my favorite thing in the world is typing that sending fuck off as two separate messages oh, yeah it's because it, it just um transliterates yeah it to so get, well. to get that across fuck send off that's stop. two words oh stop is another concept. one stops one that we use written more than spoken. Stop. Whenever, yeah. if, if, if either of us sends to the other some kind of mad link to nonsense, as is generally yeah. the case, the reply is almost invariably some sort of stop. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> stop it now. I like, I think the, uh, what you mentioned about fuck off on two lines is like, would be perfect to illustrate why enjambment works as a perfect yeah. device. Yeah. Because, it so often doesn't, but it sometimes can be so powerful. So maybe we should send that to Milk and Honey's author. Rupee Core, for, how for about you learn not to just start the next line because you fucking fancied it or because you needed room for one of your shit illustrations? She writes like the enter key has a life of its own and is actively trying to sabotage. There's just someone else there like, hitting it like a monkey yeah. or something. As a joke. Yeah, it's nonsense. Um, but yeah, we'll pick up from question 15, which... Is going to be about love. Oh, I uh, can't wait. There are some nice, there are some quite happy ones coming up. I'd like to fall in love with fun people. That's me. If you're a fun person. <laughs> no, no. Don't go emailing in if you are fun, okay? Stay away. Um, We're both but, taken. Yeah, back off, guys. TAS at shame.com. My girlfriend's tolerant. Isaac's girlfriend's fun. <laughs> Together. <laughs> Together, we've misrepresented... <laughs> And almost certainly annoyed them. Sorry, gang. Thanks, everyone. If you're not one of our partners, you can reach us at ts at shame.city, tas at shame.city. Send your thoughts. Have we had any emails we should read this week? Um, I can't quite remember. 
Well, I don't we'll know what. I have such a loose grasp of time in between yeah, the previous I'm episodes. Time. My life has been so unrealistically and yeah. uncharacteristically busy that I just don't know what's happened in the previous. Yeah. I haven't got any no emails in between my last email from Ringer <laughs> and oh, now. Okay. So that seems to imply that no. Well, Tass at shame.city, send your thoughts, your feedback. I'd like to hear your answers to some of these questions, yeah. people of the world. So if you fancy emailing in to tell us such interesting things as your, uh, what you consider the most overrated virtue, your current state of mind, all of that, tass at shame.city. If you need advice, <laughs> here's, a, here's a very generic and abstract plug. If you'd like to contribute to an advice segment that we don't do, but might do, then... Send in your questions. They can be hypothetical uh, or not. Put the subject... Literary. Yeah, put the word <laughs> advice in your um, subject line and we'll, you can be the inaugural agony aunt, nephew... Victim. <laughs> victim, yeah. And, and we'll go from there. How else can people get in touch, Declan? Uh, well, you can get in touch regularly via the website, shame.city oh, yeah, slash contact, contact um, or as you've said, tas at shame.city. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they wish to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can get in touch with the show at That's a Shamecast, or you can get in touch with Isaac at Isaac BD or myself at Tolerant Declan. <laughs> <laughs> Tolerated Declan. <laughs> no, I like to think of myself now as the uh, yeah. as the tolerant one. You've that's... become the German woman you always wanted to be. No, that's incorrect. Cynical Declan oh. is uh, is me by Absolutely. name, by nature. Uh, what else is there? Tell a friend. Pass it on. Word of mouth is best best of of mouth. mouth. It's the best of your mouth. Like there is no. Think of a better mouth. Go on. Go on. Think of a fucking better. Think of a better mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. If you can find a better mouth, email it. Tassachem.city will send you a whole human mouth as a reward. I have some baby teeth I just found in a box. They're mine from when I was a baby. I should specify. End the podcast <laughs> now. No, it's a tooth stop. that I wear no, for the tooth that's bearing. It. Stop. She never came. Stop. That's it. No, end of the, end of the episode. I was going to say, everyone. I'll send it to you. Thanks. Thanks. This has been episode 34. Thanks, everyone, baby for listening. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll see you. Next Wednesday with a prison-based special. (laughs) Bye. Bye, guys. Look for the bare necessities Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you.
necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander. Necessities of life will come to you. 